0: Alright lads and lasses and good mates. welcome to another episode of the Tune Under Podcast, the Southern Hemisphere's number one podcast for all things Newcastle United. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the game against Palace at St James's Park in the League Cup. It finished 3-2 on penalties to the Mighty Mags and uh, oh. that game finished for us at 7.30 this morning if you're in Queensland where we are or 8.30 this morning where Keeks is. Uh, so first of all some... Hello, from the boys, Kigs. I'll start with you down in Victoria. How are you going, Matt? Very good, mate. How are you? Usual mix of exhaustion and uh, no, I'm just basically exhausted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I woke up at five thirty so awesome. this morning. I did that five thirty thing and this morning. I woke up and I looked at. I did that mistake of checking the time, and as soon as I, I checked know, the time, it. I realised it was short number. before the game. <laughs> checked our chat, saw the team line up, and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm going to have to listen to this now." Yeah. um yeah wasn't anywhere to watch it which is my pain in the ass but did at least yeah. get the radio on the uh, the official club website so that was good and mark Shout out to first of all dimmy first of all congratulations mate um i let you uh decide if you want to tell people why um but yes um, mostly i'm just so, yeah. mostly i'm just interested in how many beers you're in at the minute so how are you going mate?
1: a uh, couple of wines one beer um but yeah pop pop the uh, the sparkling shiraz tonight uh celebrate the fact that we actually got a mortgage approved so it's like all proper grown up right. shit it's uh, it's a bit scary but um exciting at the same time but yeah so um got got a new house uh just trying to finalize all that stuff now and hopefully move in Christmassy time um but yeah just i'm That's absolutely nice. drained from work uh, got a whole new big grant for a new microscope at work as well, um, trying to organise all sorts of different systems, and generally, as you said, woke up at the wrong time of morning. Check the check the phone, and uh, didn't get back to sleep. Oh, it's a
0: nightmare, isn't it? I'm just wondering, how bad uh, is it though? Loser. Oh yep. man, that's I like. I know it's the League Cup, but I just wonder, like, is it is it so bad that they don't bother? Is it is it the reason why there wasn't coverage that it's just not that interesting to people outside of the uk maybe you know is it just the expense of the people and the equipment and everything else that goes with it um because it's very unusual these days to not have at least a dodgy stream somewhere and there didn't seem to be they a have like thing they anyway.
1: have streams everywhere on every single game seems like these days so the fact that we were the one team that didn't seem to have a stream i mean i found a dodgy stream online it like i tuned in and it was the bloody spurs game i'm like it said newcastle versus crystal palace and it was the spurs game like how rude but anyway um and uh, um, i am i'm not i'm not gonna bitch and moan too much but it is really it's probably like us living in australia where we're used to just being able to watch every single game no matter what
0: yeah yeah Mm. well you get used to it don't you yeah just probably just as well the game wasn't on the yeah. tv it was bloody boring for the most part we'll get into that in in a second uh just before we do that um if you're watching on youtube uh please if you like what we do give that like button a good bit of a pounding uh if you wouldn't mind that would be wonderful and subscribe if you like as well to get all the notifications for when new episodes drop in your inbox that would be wonderful and if you're on audio please consider giving us a nice review that would be champion as well thank you very much so Moving on, let's talk about this game that finished at 7.30 or 8.30 this morning. It was Newcastle against Crystal Palace at St. James's Park. Let's bring up the teams. I'll read out the teams as we predicted uh, earlier in the week. We went with Pope in goal. Then it was Target, Otton, Lascelles and Manquillo. Then it was ASM, Jolinton, uh, Shelby, Anderson, Murphy and Wood. That's what we predicted. The actual team was Nick Pope, Pope, uh, Manquillo, Jamal Sells, Dan Byrne, Matt Target, John, Selvey, John Joe Shelby, try that again, Sean, Longstaff, Joel Linton, Elliot Anderson, Alan St. Maximin, and Chris Wood. So, um, Keegan, I'll come to you first. The differences between our predicted and the actual were uh, essentially Botman we thought would start, but in fact it was Dan Byrne. I suppose you could just flip a coin on that one. And uh, Murphy didn't start. Instead, it was uh, Sean Longstaff, and I guess uh, Elliot Anderson must have been pushed out onto the wing. So, just looking at that lineup, um, what was the first thing you thought when you saw that lineup? What, what, how did it scream at you? I should also, and also, why don't you mention the subs as well? Because the subs are pretty good.
2: Yeah, well, that should have kept people quiet about uh, we've got nothing on the bench. So, that was a positive to start off with, but. Uh, yeah, I thought that that was sort of how I thought it was going to happen as well. Um, I thought Fraser might have got in ahead of Anderson, but we'd since found out that he had a knock and he wasn't available for the game anyway. But yeah, that, that's that's pretty much how I thought it would play out, and I thought it was going to be a good opportunity for guys who hadn't played on the weekend to get a run out and, and get, a, get a game under their belts, especially guys like uh, uh, John Joe and, and ASM who were, coming back from sort of longer injuries, I thought it was going to be really important for them to to get a good shift under their belts.
0: Mark, any surprise that uh, Murphy didn't start and Sean Longstaff did, considering how much running around Longstaff's been doing lately in the league and the fact that Murphy hasn't really been having that much game time? Uh, Any surprise with that one? I don't know. I mean, Murphy's Murphy's played a bit of game time the last couple of
1: matches. Um, you know, I guess it all depends on what. I guess it what it's what how decides he wants to play against Chelsea and if he was giving people rest because, you know, if he's gonna rest ASM again against Chelsea to start with and bring him on off the bench, then you know, kind of makes sense. Give Murphy a bit of a break and let him. Let him have at it uh, against Chelsea. Um, apart from that, like the the rest of the team, kind of is is what we expected to see. Joe Linton was coming off a, a suspension, so he didn't have a have a game up his sleeve. So it was it was you know yeah. get him some game time. That was fine. Um, the the rest of them, like I think you know you've got to be wondering what um, Jamal Lewis has got to do to actually get a game at this point for us. Um, I mean, realistically, it's probably time to think about moving him out because if he can't get in in the League Cup, um, because we're effectively playing our what is is mostly our first choice left back, um, and you know Dan Byrne fills in for him when he needs to. I just don't see where Lewis is fitting into this this team at the moment. But you know, look, it's giving players who have, who have done their shift in the league um, a, bit, a bit of a breather. While still keeping them on the bench to come on and and you know get us through in the end.
0: Yeah. Speaking of that bench, so we had Karius uh, as the replacement keeper. Then we had Trips, Botman, Shaw, and then it was Lewis, as you mentioned, um, Murphby, Almiron, Willock, and Bruno G. Um, Keegs. If we were trotting out that team, this this team that started uh, in the league, how confident would he be of this particular lineup?
2: Um, after the 90 minutes, I wouldn't be very confident because it was shit. (laughs) I probably know 70 minutes until they sort of started changing it up. It was pretty, pretty shit. But I think if you, if you change sort of one or two in at a time, I think there's enough quality with the other guys on the bench to sort of cover their shortcomings, I guess. But yeah, look at it. We've played, we've played lots of Premier League games with the teams a lot worse than what we started with this morning. So yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was a bit weird that Carius was on the bench, but Darlow was on the bench for the Southampton yeah. game. Well, not yeah, that I, was,
0: it, I, I did think of that earlier on. Yeah, it was a bit matters, strange, but, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just a bit weird. Um, but, but, but you take that first team, and you maybe take out Lascelles and Manquillo, and substitute basically Botman and um, Trips. And possibly Anderson for Bruno G. Well, yeah, Anderson for Bruno G or Shelby for Bruno G, maybe. And uh, you're not that far off. Pretty good team. So I, I guess the, the reason I was asking the question was that, uh, Mark, are we starting to see a bit of squad depth finally? Finally, after all these bloody years, are we starting to see Newcastle have it? just a just a smidge of some uh, decent squad depth?
1: So I'm going to put this into perspective. Uh 12 months ago absolutely not none of these players that are probably played today would have been deemed good enough like and apart from the ones that we've brought in obviously you look at you know asm was the only app that we had we've brought wood in murphy was not good enough anderson was nowhere near shelby and joe linton were no good you know lascelles wasn't good enough Mankia wasn't good enough None of these players were deemed good enough. And I think Howe has brought them in. He's got everyone fit. He's got everyone bought into the, the style of football he wants to play. And now it doesn't really matter who comes in, they're capable of coming in and doing the job that Eddie Howe wants them to do. You know, and it is it's about formation, it's about work rate, it's about like you know, the the tactics involved. And and that's the biggest thing for me is that even though there's question marks over the quality of some of these players and i think i think we've basically seen the fact that we've brought in all of our substitutes and we've kind of kept a clean we've kept a clean sheet we've looked like we were defensively solid but we didn't offer a lot going forward let's be fair in the first half and it wasn't really until we started to bring those extra extra bodies off the bench that have that extra creativity that we started to really dominate the game and actually create some chances. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is that offensively, we're still probably a little bit of quality short. Um, Defensively, I think it's more about the formation, the tactics, and the style of play that we, we put out there. That is all down to Eddie Howe, where, yes, we've got good players, but we're playing a very, very good formation and everyone's bought into this. Everyone needs to attack from the front. Everyone needs to defend from the back. Um, so you know, other way around maybe. But, you know, look, it's it's a case of, I don't think that the likes of Murphy, I, I, I you know, Lascelles, Mankio, they're all good workhorse players, but I don't think they're that next level player but the fact that we can bring them in and rely on them to do a job while having that quality on the bench, because we've managed to rest those players, that's a huge plus for us.
0: No, absolutely. And just on the striker front, of course, we've already took steps to address that with Isaac, big dog. I actually wouldn't mind uh, watching some extended highlights to see how man gets on because at one point he was looking all right. And then he kind of fell off a cliff and, um, and obviously now he's not getting a lot of game time. And uh, I'd like to see how he got on, because um, I'm yeah, I'm not too sure about him. Let's move on, anyways, to Crystal Palace. Um, it was Johnson and Goal, then Klein, Ward, Tompkins, and Glee. Then it was Mitchell, who uh, John Anson said was absolutely terrible this entire game. Then Alisi, Hughes, uh, Milio- Miljokovic, uh, Ayu, uh, who is just terrible, and Matata. And uh, the subs bench as well, with Rodney, Barmer, Ozole, Reedwald, Phillips, uh, Ibowie, Gordon, and Massimento. Um, yeah, apparently that bench is basically made up of youngins. The the, 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 the starting lineup anyway we'll come back to the start we'll come to the bench in a minute. The starting lineup. Um Kegs. What do you reckon? <laughs> What do you reckon of that lineup from uh, from Palace? What was what can you draw there derive from the from the intention of um Vieira coming up with this particular starting lineup and, and the subs?
2: I don't think Patrick was too concerned with what really was gonna to happen tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought I was listening to uh a friend of the pod, Chris Woff, speak, and he said he was talking to one of the athletics uh Crystal Palace correspondent, and he said they were gonna send a team of kids up. So yeah, I sort right. of thought it was going to be a walk in the park. So <laughs> it was a bit, it was a bit better than I thought it was going to be. But obviously, like you said, all the all the kids were on the bench. So yeah, I mean, they didn't really like. I was like you, like everyone down here. We didn't have any footage to watch it on. So I made my uh, radio debut listening to a game which I'd never done before. So that was an interesting. Experience, a good experience, but an interesting one. So, but judging by what the the radio commentary was, they, they didn't really threaten the goal at all
0: during the game. Yeah. We'll come on to the game in a minute. Uh, Mark Keegs has never listened to a game on the radio until now. Doesn't know he's born, oh, he's does he? To them all the time, idea, ah, it's like it 3 p.m. kickoffs in the UK, and it's like it's the
1: only thing you've got to go on. Yeah,
2: Absolutely. well, that's a bit yeah. like I said to Lee, look, like, we've had all the games have always been televised here, like I've never had to listen to the radio because yeah. I've always had the option to to watch the game. So, yeah, yeah this was the first game that I'd actually.
1: And that's the yeah, thing, not- was like for for even like for you know for us here, all the games are televised apart from <laughs> like this is the only game that we couldn't yeah. get even a dodgy stream of. So it's it's, yeah, it's like- pretty hard to take.
2: I nearly yeah. rang up our yeah. Saudi overlords for a BF box, but I couldn't I couldn't organize one to get here in time.
1: Yeah. And it was a record home crowd as well. So you feel yeah. like it's a little bit even more hard done by the fact that, you know, it's not on TV when nobody could actually get tickets for the game. Cause you know, yeah. the the fact that it wasn't a sold-out <laughs> crowd was nothing down to the Newcastle fan. It was for the fact that Crystal Palace brought a minibus up for their fans. <laughs>
0: Well, just coming to this team though, Mark, anybody in this team that kind of uh, made you uh, think, oh, oh, he might be a bit of a threat? I mean, you, you would obviously think of Ayu, but he, he's for me, he's just he's just dreadful. It's like he's forgotten how to play I, a football I, as a striker. I, 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 I use yeah.
1: this hit and miss player, but I think it was less about who was in the team and who was missing for Crystal Palace. The fact that you look at that team and there's no easy or um, Zaha, you know, those are the two main threats that, whenever anybody talks about Crystal Palace, those are the two names that you kind of, everybody's going on about now. And, you know, Rio Ferdinand's on, on Talk Sport or whatever telling us that we should be going after Wilfred Zaha in the summer. Um, mm. You know, it's like, well, you know, I don't see it. Like Zaha's Zaha is to Palace what ASM was to us last season where he's like their main out and he's the, the pure focus of all of their attacking energy. So without him, so was there,
0: was, there was that. So was Chris would have Burnley. We still went and got him. Um, but that was obviously yes. a different, different time and we had a different need at that point. Um, exactly. Uh, yeah. Zaha was a great player, um, but I don't know if he would necessarily fit in this this team. Um, plus he wages a lot.
1: Anyway, let's look. I don't, just, I don't uh, think we would spend as much that would be needed on Wilfred Zaha for his age,
0: for the position that we need him in. Fair enough. Um, all right, so let's move on to the game. So yeah, there was a crowd of 51,660 uh at, in at St James's Park, and as you say, a minibus from North London. Uh is it North London? South London? I don't know. Anyway, minibus came London. up with 562 Crystal Palace fans. Uh, uh, you know, well done to those guys for making that long trip on a on a school night all the way from London to the northeast and presumably all the way back again afterwards with um, with nothing to show for it. That is actually the highest ever gate for the League Cup at St James's Park. Uh, who knows? The fact that it wasn't on TV anyway might have been the reason for the increased crowd. Who knows? I suspect it's got a lot more to do with how we're, how we're going in the Premier League, mind you, uh, and the, the good vibe around the place. So let's just talk about the first half because, well. Let's, let's have a, uh, one sentence about the first half. Because <laughs> I was lying there in bed, sort of like knackered, but I couldn't sleep. if I had the headphones on. And like, I don't think anything of great note happened in that first half. There was a shot from Palace that uh, Pope did well to save and tip around the post. And I think there was a header to Longyear maybe, or Burn, I'm not sure. Uh, didn't do much uh, trouble towards the goal. It went over the top, I think. And that probably was literally about it in the first half. It was very scrappy, very disjointed. I mean to be expected because that's a that's the first eleven that hasn't played together very much in any kind of competitive setting, so you can kind of understand why it was a bit crap. Um, Before I go on to (laughs) that last little year, before I move on to the second half, did anybody want to add anything uh, that I might have missed about the first half? I don't think there was much to miss, was there? (laughs) uh it was absolutely crap. All right, so second half, I mean, second half wasn't much better, really. And it's very hard to to say too much when you're listening and you kind of haven't used your powers of imagination and you listen to Razor talk and listen to Anderson, oh, I just can't get mad and all this kind of stuff, you know. And um, it's hard to know exactly how it went. I've, I've seen two minutes of video highlights on the Crystal Palace official YouTube channel, that's literally it. And they did like two penalties at the end cut it right at the end just like that's it done didn't want to linger on it um and it looked for all in the world like it was the newcastle show um i don't think it was to start with though i think that basically the turning point was around about 65 minutes when we brought on some of the big hitters some of the big boys uh, trips came on then uh, bottner came on and bruno came on for uh banquillo burn and longy and then shortly afterwards i think it was only five minutes later or something uh, Miggy came on for uh, Anderson. And from that point onward, my impression anyway, listening to it, uh, Keegs, I'll come to you first, was that the game had basically swung almost entirely to Newcastle. And did you get the the sense that it was either going to be a matter of time before we scored? Or, like me, did it just start to feel to you like it was going to be one of those games where we could just play extra time, additional extra time, some more extra time, some Liverpool extra time, and then still not score a goal? (laughs)
2: Yeah, I said I thought, and that, that's what um, that's what the commentary said as well. Basically, as soon as them guys come into the game, the game we just played the game on our terms, and the actual speed of the game picked up as well. So that's what, obviously, that's what the quality brings with guys like Bruno and, and Trippier and things like that. But yeah, it, it just with no real clear cut chances. Well, it didn't really. I think Burn had that header. Apart from oh. that, like there was no real, no real big chances to think like, oh, we're we're gonna, like it's coming, it's coming. But like we had a lot of the ball towards the end, but it didn't really threaten. We didn't. Uh, sorry, it didn't sound like we threatened much.
0: Hmm. Mark, uh, there was that chance to burn. Uh, I think there was about two other decent chances. We spoke about this before coming on here. Um, what did you make of Valencia maximum and his? Um... In particular, his crosses into the box. Now, again, you may not have seen those highlights. I don't know if you've seen them or not. I have. Um, I've seen. You yes, no, have seen them. Okay, so you, you would have seen yeah. some of the some of the delicious passes that uh, ASM was doing. Um, did it look a little bit more like he's starting to become? Oh, it's very hard to say. It's such a very small snapshot. But did you get the slightest feeling that he might be starting to get the idea with this team and think? I've got to start putting these crosses in. You know, he, he always wants to take on his man at every single opportunity. But when I watched that those those brief clips, it just looked for a moment like bloody hell. You know, if he could put those kind of crosses in in a game day in the Premier League, and you've got Wilson on the end of it, we're going to be banging them in because the, some of those crosses were yeah. absolutely sensational, weren't
1: they? Yeah. no, look, he's um, he's been frustrating in the past. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he, he's he's always been that player that wants to take that uh, take take one too many players on and ends up losing the ball in bad areas or you know a, an attack breaks down through him. He seems to have really got it through that. You know he, he needs to be this team player, and he, he seems to like. As you said, it's like look, it's 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 us looking at some highlights. I, I didn't watch the game. I didn't listen to the game. I've watched the NuFC TV highlights, the extended highlights that they had. Um, the second half, they looked really dangerous. Apart from that burn header, didn't really create a, like a clear cut chance. But Saint Maximin was was putting some really good balls in. He 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 got to the point where he was he was beating that one player. That he needed to play, like to, to beat, to get into space, to then be able to create something for someone else, and he was taking that opportunity to cross the ball in or play that crossfield pass to Miggy. You know, he was he was doing really well, and you know, if if that's the start of what he can do, then you know, I want him back in the side, and I want him playing like that every week because with Miggy on fire you know you want that sort of like dual wing threat going into def- into into the offense where the defense don't know who they're going to cover and they can't double team maxi otherwise it's going to leave wilson or or miggy or you know bruno or somebody free that are going to that are proven they can take they can take those chances so for me like maxi needed to be that team player and be able to kind of like pick out those passes and be able to sort of play his teammates in more. Um, just just to kind of take advantage of the fact that he was seen as the big threat and that he was actually like drawing defenders to him, which was freeing up his teammates. And if he can start and do that, then I'm actually really genuinely excited to see what he can do. And especially if you throw Wilson in or, or, or Isak in, you know, it, it's, it's starting to look pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, it was the smallest of possible smallest sample sizes, but who knows? Maybe that is maybe it is the start of ASM's rejuvenation. I I actually thought Murphy was next on the conveyor belt of Eddie Howe improvements, but maybe it's uh ASM, maybe he's darted in there first to get the Howe treatment. Um, uh, yeah, so that was basically it for the second half. There wasn't a great deal to, to say much more than that. There's three minutes extra time that petered out nothing much, and it went to penalties. And uh, for once, I mean, when I when I was thinking about this game, I was thinking, all right, so there's no extra time. That's a bit shit. But by the time that second half finished, I was kind of like, oh well, thank God that's no extra time because, like I say, you know, we, we could be we could still be sitting here right now, twelve hours later, and still haven't scored a bloody goal. <laughs> just seeing, just felt like one of those kind of games, you know. I mean, for as much as we were trying, it just didn't look like it was going to get sucked into the net at all. Um, and also, before this game, I shared a little anecdote. Um, where Because what we've got right now, we had this League Cup game. We're on a great run. And at the weekend, we'll come to it soon. We've got the Chelsea game and then there's the World Cup. So you've got this you've got to get this League game out of the way. And then you've got the Chelsea game and you're done for the World Cup. And we're on such a brilliant, brilliant run. It reminded me of the time uh, a few years ago, I think, on the pardue when we were in the Euro- Europa League and we got either to the quarters or the semis. I forget which one it was, against Benfica and it was midweek and then on the weekend we were playing the macams it was the it was the time we had derby and i had this this feeling inside me that we had to beat benfica because if we didn't and we lost we'd go into that macam derby game the one that you absolutely have to win on the back of a disappointing defeat not just the defeat but the fact that you've gone out of the europa league so close to you know the final um, and you would, you would, the guys would carry that into the derby. That have the wrong mindset and would probably end up losing. And what happened? We lost against Benfica, and we went and lost against the Magnums the, the few days later. And I had this horrible feeling that you know if we didn't get, past, get didn't get past Crystal Palace uh, today, then it would just take that kind of edge of confidence maybe off the, the 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 cockiness if you want to put it like that, but the good vibes the good the good. Um, uh you know the drive behind a team and and then that would knock us against chelsea and, and that's that's a game i really really want us to win um so thankfully so when it gets to, when it gets to penalties i'm thinking oh shit. you know newcastle absolutely terrible at penalties uh the stats were like you know we've won we've only won one set of penalties in the last 10 uh shootouts once in 10 absolutely it's like england level penalties absolutely bloody terrible um so I was slightly nervous lying there with uh, with my headphones on. I couldn't watch it. I'm having to listen to it. You know, you can't see things. You can't make your own mind up. You can only get what you can get from Razor and uh, John Anderson. And it's like, oh, God, this is absolutely killing me here. Uh, and and then, of course, Chris Wood steps up to take the first penalty, and I'm thinking, oh, geez, you know, this guy, you know, as much as he did score recently, he also missed a few recently as well. And I was thinking, oh, why, I mean, surely one of the other guys can go first and get us going and then someone like Chris Wood can take a penalty, you know, when there's when the balls are rolling already, but he didn't. He, he went first and um, scored, <laughs> scored an absolute blammer. Yeah, to no, right. I was, didn't to keep I was happy chance. with that. These penalties
1: record. are good. I was happy I with him it. as well. Yeah. He's, he's a good, no, good penalty I've seen A few of his
2: penalties, he's a great penalty taker.
1: He took a penalty for us not, not so long ago as well, didn't he? Yeah,
2: he smashed it. Yeah.
0: It's just that it's just a whole thing around wood, you know, where he's really struggling to get the goals and it's and it's the penalties, yeah, and this thing about the Benfica and, bombs around his head and I'm like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> I can do without this. Like uh, and he blamed it, and I was like, Oh, brilliant. Then, of course, uh Palace come up to take their shot. Um, uh, and bloody Poby saves it. You see on the screen here, dives to his, to That's his a left. Right, that was a great save left, Yeah, it does it did sort of like a cat's arm kind of wow. No. Not going in kind of little kind of waft of his arm. Oh, uh I wish yeah, all the viewers could have said that. He jumps up, he's like to the crowd, you know. He's like, prop my pump straight Big away. Big flakes. Um, yeah. Yeah, kiggs. What a great way to start off a set of penalties because obviously. The fact that you saved that, all Newcastle have to do—I and I say all oh, because it didn't work out that way—but all we've got to do is score our, <laughs> Just our score. remaining penalties. Yeah. Just score the penalty. <laughs> yeah, score. Ours, easy. We, it doesn't matter what they do, but it doesn't matter what they do from this point onwards. We, we're, we've got the advantage essentially. We're in but, front. Geez, that was it. Yeah. I was mean, first of all, the first penalty and what a what a save that was. Brilliant did it.
2: Yeah. Well, I didn't see it till about five hours later on my lunch break when <laughs> I could actually look at the highlights. But
0: yeah. They, Not quite they as traumatic it up on, at the time. Yeah, yeah.
2: So it was. It was very. It's just that split second. It's like when you watch it too, like when you listen to it on the radio. It's just the. All right, he steps up, but then there's that sort of second of nothing, and your heart sinks, and you're like, "Oh shit, what's going on here?" And then, or you hear the cheering, and they're like, "Oh, you saved it!" And you're like, "Yes!" And yeah, then, yeah. rinse and repeat. Next one steps up, and then you hear the cheer again. Score you're like okay, it's but that split second between them kicking the ball and then the next action, it feels like it's 10 minutes. Like it's
0: yeah, man. it's so traumatic to listen to. <laughs> so you've been spoiled by the telly. I mean, that's that's uh that's oh yeah, one hundred percent Listen to it, man. You Yeah, know, you use your bloody imagination. It's uh it's bloody awful, man. Absolutely awful sometimes. But I mean, it kind of adds something to it as well, in a certain kind of way. Um so, yeah, Mil- Miljokovic, he, uh, he missed it straight away. And I was thinking, oh, bloody hell, maybe. Um, and then Trips comes up, does a great penalty, uh, followed by Milky, I mean, Hughes, he scores, and then Big Joe <laughs> scores, and then Ward scores. And every time they scored, it was just absolute silence. And every time Newcastle scored, it's like, rah! <laughs> so you knew exactly what was going on before the yeah. commentators even told you. Um, and then, Mark, um, Botman. So Botman comes up to take a penalty. Um were you at all surprised by that a, a central defender i mean good on him for having the bollocks to do it but like why a bit strange it did you not think it was a bit strange i would
1: i would have thought others would have been in prime condition to take a penalty before him um having said that I don't think any of us can complain about Botman and his his skill on the ball and his his uh, his passing potential. So you know, maybe and and I'm I'm going to say this about the the penalty taker choices. Um, We don't know who put their names forward. We don't know if everyone put their names forward and Eddie Howe's just picked them. Because of who he thought they would have been, so I'm not going to like blame anyone for not taking a penalty. Because I've seen a few people say, "Look, oh, like Maxi and Miggy, they should have been taking penalties before Botman." Um, well, you know, maybe maybe they've all put their name in the hat, and then like you know, Eddie Howe's looked at them all in training and said, "Well, you know what, Botman's taking penalties when we've done some tryouts, and he's been absolutely clinical." You know, so look, end of the day. It wasn't a great penalty, but it certainly was a decent save by the keeper. I mean, Botman's tried to kind of wait for the keeper to move. He's, he's blasted it down the middle. The keeper hasn't moved quite enough, and he's managed to get a hand on it. So, you know, there's, there's, there's worse penalties being taken, and there's worse penalties being taken in this match. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, <laughs> yes. let, let's be honest. Yes. Like, Botman, mm. you know, I, I've, I've no problem with him taking penalty. He, he's... he's, he's Probably future captain material for us. And he's a leader on the pitch. And he's probably said, look, you know, I want to take a penalty. I want to, I want to prove myself. I want to do what I need to do. Um, and he and he's he's had the bollocks to stand up and actually do it. So, you know, fair play to him. Mm-hmm. Didn't come off this time, yep. probably will next time. Nope, no more penalties for Bob. <laughs> um well, apart from the commentary we're sure. basically saying it's like, oh, I hope he's got his penalty miss out of the way for the ready for the World Cup. It's like uh <laughs> You, you, you no, know he hasn't been World picked Cup, so. for the World Cup and Holland <laughs> haven't qualified, right?
0: <laughs> of course, yeah. Forgetting about that. Um, right, so so then Subotman misses and you're thinking, all right, so if Crystal Palace score this, then we're back to square one. We've lost our advantage. And of course, uh, Mateta comes up, takes a kick and Popey, Popey. saves it again to, again to his left-hand side. Uh, I think up to this point, they'd all been down the same side and he was... Um, yeah, he was uh, not getting to all them, obviously, but he, was, he managed to save these two. So, Keegs, another tremendous save. I don't know if you saw this one or not, but um, it's, it's not that often you see keepers making more than one save in a, in a shootout, really, because it's, you know, usually you expect the strikers or the, the footy players to score from the spot, you know, and it's usually an advantage to the person kicking the ball. But another cracking save by Nick Pope. Surely England's number one has to be, doesn't he?
2: Oh, he should be, but he won't be. I think we'll find out uh, the favourites will get announced while we're asleep, I think, during the night. So we'll wake up in the morning Mm to all the outrage of who got in and who should have got in. Not that I don't give a shit anyway. I hope they get knocked out in the group stages and Trippier and Botman come home early and... Get a good couple of weeks in and injury free. That's all that I hope. Anyway, yeah, yeah oh, great.
0: So, <laughs> Botman's- <laughs> Botman's not going anywhere, remember? But he'll still be in the town. Um, but yeah, brilliant save by uh, Popey there. Nick Pope, as you've just heard. That's uh, Jack's little ass. Um, so, Nick Pope. <laughs> exactly. So, um- <laughs> so, then it's. Um- then up to Bruno, and this is what Uh-oh. you just hinted towards, Mark. It's up to Bruno to be the hero of the hour, and I think oh, I think the occasion got a little bit too on. Um, he takes a run-up. It's quite a long run-up, and then he does a little oh, story as he, as he comes towards the <laughs> ball, and then he just absolutely belted over the top of the crossbar. Now, Mark, we were having a bit of a chat about this in our group chat, and we had a theory on what happened here. Uh, What do you reckon happened here?
1: he's taken this like absolutely monumental run up. He's stutter stepped, he's he's waited, he's he's halted, he's gone forward again and he's clearly been waiting for the keeper to make a move and the keeper yeah. stood absolutely rock solid still and he's just <laughs> like he's got to the fact that he's like shit, I've got to actually kick the ball now and he's just got yeah. no idea. He's so straight onto the ball and he's gone uh uh yeah, okay bashed it and it's just gone sailing over the bar into the crowd so you know yeah. it was an awful like look i'm not going to be and i've seen people like slate him for this and i'm never going to slate bruno because he is an absolute absolute legend for this club he does so much for us but holy crap that was a bad penalty <laughs> what did you
0: what did you say in the chat kiggs? you hit the palace fans in london
2: yeah, one? you said oh, they left they left with nothing. I thought they left with a penalty ball from Bruno, because I reckon he kicked it. I reckon he kicked it up there. I thought he yeah, had he the, the opening over in an in an Ashes series or something. The run-up he had, I thought he was gonna bowl some pace. Coming, <laughs> like, that. Oh yeah.
0: Went for six that
2: one. It was like um, it was like yeah, he'd yeah. watched like every the best penalty takers in the world and then just tried to mm. Do everything all at once. Combine them together. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, no, it was awful. It was like I'm gonna. As I said, look,
1: there's there's something to be said for Shearer, which is literally just run up, belt the crap out of the ball into the top corner, and the keeper's never getting to it. Like this whole. And I know Lee. I know you. You are not an impressed fan of this stutter run up. Um, It's it's just frustrating because. Let's be honest here, though. Nothing ever beats. Genis in our preseason tournament. That was that was just a disgrace. At least Bruno was trying to do something, like and he tried to do something and it never came off. But you know, like I was just 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 kick it into the side netting next time or something. But but yeah, I'm I'm never going to like go off on him. It was a bad penalty miss. Um, I'm not going to deny that. But let's let's be honest here. He does so much for this club right now. Um, His his over the top apologies on social media today yeah. seem like so far wide of the mark as to what the fans actually think <laughs> of him. It's like, look, dude, yeah, you've missed. It was a bad penalty, but seriously, it's not the World Cup final. We've gone through, take a chill pill, and you'll be out there for Chelsea, and you can put it right there, and it's not going to go away.
0: Yeah, it's not even a, a, a League Cup final. Um, exactly. Yeah. Did, you see the, um, did, did you see the team photograph at the end? I think... Oh, Kings, He looked absolutely. I don't know devil. if that was real. Oh, I don't know. Well, if it was that on the was official real. account, wasn't
2: it? Yeah. Oh, was
0: it, was it? No, no,
2: I just. Oh, was it? Yeah. He
0: looked. It was just oh, like. Yeah. He was like. Was everyone's just smiling. Like, he's just like. Someone's just killed yeah, the dog. Someone <laughs> just
2: did, like, his dog. Died. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Poor lad. I mean, yeah. he was very
0: yeah. contrite. But you know in what? Like, tweets, and I think that kind of reflects on the character of the lad as well. So hopefully he, he he's. He's such
1: a just wants to win and he wants to do well and and the fact that he's doing that for us i i can't fault the guy it's like you know he's so passionate about wanting to do well for us and wanting to propel us into you know what is, the the strategy he's
0: on, he's on- he's honest as well you know he could have just simply said nothing yeah. and um just you know next yeah. time he gets an yeah. interview just say oh, i'll do better but he actually yeah off his own back came out and sort of yeah. made an apology to the fans and the fans yeah. were like man who cares he'll through yeah. do no, he's, it. he's, he's held his
1: hand up he's taking responsibility for something yeah. that didn't quite go right and you know pure respect to the guy for doing that but seriously none of us are blaming him for for a penalty yeah. miss it's but like winning. it is a lottery <laughs> i think most of most of us understand the like penalty shootouts are a lottery. And it it's yeah. just the fact that, you know, it was a team game. And it is a team game. And Nick Pope was the one that won it for us. It doesn't matter right. who did what. It was like we've gotten through. We're in the next round. Onwards and upwards.
0: Yeah. And I'll just make the segue into Nick Pope since you mentioned them. So here he is saving the last shot from uh Ebui. Uh he actually decided to go to his right for this one. Uh I don't think he had to move very much by the looks of things. He looks pretty much central in his his goal, so it obviously wasn't a very good penalty. And, um, yeah, saves it, and he goes absolutely mental afterwards. He's punching the sky, and he's kind of waiting for everybody to run along and kind of grab him. And then, I don't know if it was but the lad just kind of, like, slowly trotted up to him, went, all right, well done. Yeah, I noticed that. It was like two or three that were like, yeah! And the rest of them were just like, yeah,
1: great.
0: And the cells ran up to him (laughs) him, and then, the cells went up to him and, like, and did that thing where it looks like he's going to jump into him or whatever. And he just went, eh, like, on his toes and yeah. stopped. And Nick Pope ended up jumping up by himself and back yes. down again by himself. And he was like, oh, all right, then. All right, cheers.
2: Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, yes.
0: thanks, thanks for having you shit you shitbag. Um, but anyway, so Nick Pope says it. And Newcastle go through uh, 3-2 on penalties. I think it was 3-2 on penalties. Uh, to the fourth round. So, Eddie Howe, after the game, said, in these games, the most important thing is that you're in the hat for the next round. Uh, He said it was a very difficult tight game tonight. Probably everything we expected it would be. Um, I don't think it was a great performance from us. Not wrong there, mate. We were a little bit disjointed. I think there's valid reasons for that. Yeah, the first 11. A lot of the players hadn't played for a long period of time, which is true. I thought they'd give everything, but we weren't particularly fluid in our player, and it got better at second half, he goes on to say. And then for Pope, he says, I've got to say the first penalty save I thought was right out of the top draw. Yeah, it was pretty good. There was actually a save in the first half that, again, I thought was right out of the top draw as well, Uh, so it wasn't just in the penalty shootout, but he's been doing that for us all season. He's a very commanding figure, but he's kept goal with such low fuss, it sort of goes unnoticed what a difference he's made, and on the latter point, um, Keegs, Pope, he has kind of sort of slotted right in like he's been here all his life and um nine times out of ten when he's called upon he does the business uh, do you do you agree with Eddie that he's um he's kind of got on with the job and he's gone a little bit unnoticed just how well he's doing I mean I assume Gareth Southgate will pick him so he's not going that much under the radar but yeah how do you rate to Pope?
2: No I think he's definitely gone under the radar like all and rightly so like a lot of our praise and and stuff like that's gone towards our back Four with uh, Trippier and, and Botman, Shah and and Byrne, they've all every game we've all like not just us privately, but publicly group chats and Twitter and things like that have been really really strong when they're praised for like Trippier, Botman, etc. and Pope sort of just gets a little bit left out of that. So I'm glad I'm glad last night or this morning he got his flowers and he get his moment like everyone oh, else has had their moment.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a key part of that rebuilt defense, just like all the rest of them all. Um we're running out of time here. I think we've spent more time talking about the penalties than they actually took to take them. So let's just crack on a little bit. We're still gonna get through Chelsea yet. Um into the fourth round then, Newcastle go, uh, where we have a choice of being drawn with well, we don't have a choice, but we'll get drawn either with Bournemouth, Brighton, Leicester, Liverpool, Man City, either Man United or Aston Villa, uh Forest, Southampton or Wolves, those are the Premier League teams. And then we've got Blackburn and Burnley in the championship and you've got Charlton, Lincoln, MK Donalds in League One, League One, and Gillingham in League Two. Now, Mark, i am not insult your intelligence and ask you which who you'd like to, to play against. Obviously, it's going to be one of the lower league teams. But um who out of that list would you not want to see in the next round? Now, obviously Man City because it's Man City. Um I would posit possibly not Brighton. They they seem to be on a really decent run at the minute, same as we are, of course, but Um, they are putting some decent wins together, beat Arsenal at home 3-1 in the League Cup. I don't know what the Arsenal team was, but nonetheless, that's still a good win. Um, Anyone outside those two? Obviously Liverpool as well. Uh, Who do we really not want to see in this next round?
1: As long as it's at home, I don't actually fear anyone. I think we are so good at home right now with the home crowd behind us. Uh, I'll I'll take anyone. Uh, I'll even take Man City right now in the next round, as long as it's at home. And whatever will be will be. If we beat them, we've got to be a good chance to win the cup itself. Um, if not, chances are we're probably gonna face them in the final anyway.
0: So yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I, I sort of think probably being away is a better option in many ways because the home team always has to come out and that gives us a chance to get behind them. But anyway, Keeks, uh same question. Who do you is anybody you desperately do not want to meet in this next round?
2: Uh yeah, I'd rather I'd rather not play City to be honest. So, but any yeah, anyone rather than City. I mean, only because a lot of these teams are playing; they're not playing their best eleven. Neither are, neither are we. But um, Man City's just got another eleven that is just as good as everyone else's best eleven. Yeah. So, I'd yeah. rather I'd rather avoid them. But yeah, look, I agree with Mark. I'm not if, if we get at home. I'm not really bothered by anyone.
0: All right. Like the big box on display there by you two boys. Fair enough. Um, right, that'll do for the Bring review of the Palace. <laughs> <game>. <laughs> Gave us last words. That'll do for the, the preview, uh, sorry, the review of the Palace game. I, I actually went on for 40-odd minutes, a lot longer than I expected. Let's quickly move on to the Chelsea preview. Premier League this Saturday. to late kick-off on a Saturday evening, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, against uh, Chelsea at home, uh, Newcastle unbeaten in the last 10 League and Cup games we can see now and haven't lost at home in the last eight Premier League games, seven of which are this season alone. And we've won the last three at home. Um, Chelsea, as you might have just noticed there, are out of the Cup at the hands of City, beaten last night, uh, or this morning for us, 2-0. Last time in the Premier League, Chelsea were beaten by Arsenal in a tight 1-0 at the bridge. And before that, they were thumped by Brighton 4-1 at the Amex in a pretty shocking return to his old stomping ground for Graham Potter there. And in fact, Chelsea last won on October the 16th in a 2-0 against what was at the time a god-awful Aston Villa. And I've also had on the road defeats to Leeds. That was a 3-0 in Southampton. Southampton, that was 2-1. Um Let's have a look at the Newcastle team that we are predicting for this one. Now, uh, Keeks. I'll come to you first. This team is pretty much what we've been going with for the last few games in the league. Uh Exactly the same as what we go with with the replacement of Murphy and uh, the return of Joel Nitton. So it'll be Paul, Burn, Botman, Shaw and Trips. Joel Nitton, Willock, Bruno, Longstaff, Miggy and Wilson. Um you didn't pick this team, I don't think. Uh, no, you did pick this team, didn't you? So, yeah, you're happy to go with Joe Linton instead of Murphy um, and the rest of the team picks itself right now?
2: Yeah, I think for our available uh, available players, I think this is our best 11. So most of them are going to be well-rested. Um, yeah, it pretty much picks itself at the moment.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, Mark, no space in this prediction for ASM um, or Shelby, but I think ASM's probably the one you'd think of first. Uh, Would you try and shoehorn him in somehow? And if so, who would you be dropping to get ASM in this team? Uh, Look, I think you'd potentially be dropping Willick
1: or Longstaff to move Joe Linton into midfield to make room for Maxi on the left. But the way Willick and Longstaff have both been playing recently, you can't drop them. Like They're they're literally undroppable. Um, Look, I, I... I'd be very surprised if it's anything but that team. I think um, Eddie Howe has proven that he's willing to give players the chance if they if they earn the place if they earn the right to keep their position, they will keep their position in the, sea, in the team. Um, Burn at left back for me. I, I would much prefer to see Target there just for balance. But the way we play, we kind of almost end up playing with like a center, like a, a three man defense. Un, under this, and then Trippier can bomb forward, and the other the three defenders can, you know, like shuffle along, and and they get they get sort of like protection from Willick and Joe Linton, and that, um, you know, if, if Wilson's fit, he's got a start for me. Um, I, I like Chris Wood, and I like what he's done for the team, but he's just not the goal threat that that Wilson is, and he doesn't link up as well with the rest of them. So yeah, for me, that team there, right there, is potentially is potentially probably our best team at the moment based on form and you know gives us options off the bench which is what we've always been on about
0: yeah i was going to say it's nice to have the option of asm to come on and uh, to to move people around a little bit um do we know Keeggs if wilson is in fact fit he went off at half time, i think didn't he again the last game so have you have you heard anything
2: i think he was just crook like normally after two or three days you'd Feel yourself again. Um, yeah,
1: he apparently had like an uh, an illness of some description. So whether it was yeah. cold or he had a bit of a gastro or something. Um, yeah. So I don't think he was so, actually injured. Yeah. yeah,
2: he was just crook. So probably a good idea to keep him away from everyone for a few days as well, so he doesn't pass on his his germs. So he should be fine. I reckon. Get a good day of training yeah. into him. Right up. Let's have a look at the Chelsea
0: team or... then. Yeah, right on. So we've got Mendy at the back, then Cucurella, Cucurella, Thiago Silva. Jalala, blah, blah, blah. Azpil Skollet, da, 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 Jorginho, Loftus-Cheek, Mount, Havertz, uh, Sterling, and um, Aubameyang up top. Uh, that's the team I think that played against Arsenal last time out in the Premier League, the one that they lost 1-0 at the bridge. Um, Mark, still, I mean, Graham Potter's having a bit of a mixed goal with Chelsea, it's still, I guess, early days for him. And um, I mean, having said that, I've seen a bunch of people on Twitter asking for him to get sacked, which is incredible. Um, although it was a pretty brave appointment in the first place. But nonetheless, uh, there's still an awful lot of quality in this team. Where do you see the main threats come on?
1: I think, I think firstly, Graham Potter is a good manager. I think he's come into a side that potentially is... A bit out of form and still trying to find its identity. Um, so, uh, I think they need to give him time. Um, can't sort of like sack a guy after three games in charge. Uh, it, it was it was kind of like almost redeeming to see him him absolutely hammered uh, off his old side after they they decided to poach them poach him just because they had more money. Um, yeah, look, I I think Aubameyang is always going to be a threat. I think Sterling's going to be a threat. My, my big thing is, you know, if if they can get, you know, like Pulisic firing off the bench, then he's a massive threat for them. Um, for us, though, I think, look, Kukarella has been absolutely appalling oh. in the last couple of games. I and I think yeah. we've got to literally just target him all game, like get Miggy, like bursting forward at pace. Um, You've got players who can play the ball into him um, really accurately. You know, Trippier, you've got Bruno, you've got like Joe Linton on the other side sort of like dragging people out of position. I think it's like it's a really good game for us. We do typically play okay against Chelsea at home. Um, Okay, a lot of the wins we've had have been against Mourinho, which, you know, I always feel that it was a bit of like a a Bobby Robson hangover for him. But uh, look, look... you know, I think Cucurella is a weak link there. If we can exploit it with Miggy, who's currently on fire, then, you know, we stand a decent chance.
0: Yeah, and I think Sterling's a little bit underperforming at the minute, possibly because he's out of position. Mendy evidently yeah. isn't the rock solid goalkeeper that he has been. Cucurella, good lord. he um, he's, he's, he's quick. If I remember rightly, he's pretty quick. So, um, you know, he's, we're not going to do him for pace, I don't think. Um, but I mean, if it's a windy day, his bloody haircut's going to be in his eyes. So you can just kind of it's run around, drag around like vector. that. <laughs> <laughs> bloody yeah. ridiculous uh, friggin' haircut that he's got. Um, but he, you're right, though. He's He was just terrible in that ass. Everything he did, he couldn't string a pass together to save his life. It was bloody awful. Yeah. All right, look, let's, let's move on because we are rapidly running out of time here, and Keegan's going to fall asleep by the sounds of things. Let's have a look mm-hmm. at the table. Um, we've got Arsenal at the top on 34. It's Man City in second on 32. The mighty, mighty Mags in third. My God, I almost had to catch my breath a little bit there when I temporarily forgot where we were uh, We're on 27. Uh, Spurs in fourth on 26. Man United have managed to kind of pull themselves together a bit and they're up into fifth now on 23. Brighton have next on season uh, in sixth on 21. And Chelsea, our next opponent in seventh there on 21 points. I haven't lost the last two games by looks of things on that form chart. Um I don't know about you, but I've had that on screensaver and on my phone wallpaper since the last since the last game. And it just it I know it's real life, but like it still it's, feels it's good crazy, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely mental. And all
1: I can keep thinking of, all I can keep focusing on is that goal difference as well. When was the last time we had, like, a positive goal difference, let alone plus 17? It's just it's, crazy. It's like incredible. Best, best joint defence in the league, and we're scoring goals. It's like the stuff of dreams.
0: And just on that, uh, Keigs, I, I've noticed that Chelsea have scored tw- uh, 17 and have conceded 16 for a goal difference of just one. Um, so they're obviously conceding a few goals. That's not a huge number, 16 by any stretch, but it's not the smallest either. Uh, and they're not really scoring goals either. So can we take some solace out of that even?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we can. Well, we've proven we can score against anyone. I mean, put <clears throat> three past Man City. We should have had
0: two against Didn't Liverpool against as well. Midnight. Didn't score against Man Utd. Didn't score against Brighton. Oh, why? So, yeah, but no, you, you, you've you just said we can score against anybody. And I've just given you two examples. At home. How we'd, where we'd... You cut me off. You can't do it, you can't do it, Demi, and stick little, another condition. On the end. No, 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 no. There's asterisks everywhere. No, no. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, no, at home, no, at home, no, we no. can score against anyone. Fair enough, except Palace. Should
0: have scored. Yeah, should have scored. It's not the same as did score. All right, um, oh. let's get off the screen. So we'll just wrap this up. So, some stats. Um, in the Premier League era, we've won 13, drawn 12, and lost 29 at St. James's Park. 113 drawn 12 lost 29 it's about time i set that right um 47 goals for and 83 against um yeah. graham potter as brighton boss he has not brought chelsea to st james's yet but as a brighton boss he's had three games at st james's he's won one he's lost one and he's drawn one so he's experienced the full range of results at st james's park um yeah that 29 losses uh, that needs to be rectified starting this weekend and uh, just to wrap this up, uh, let's get Mark first. Your score prediction, please, and scorers if you want to take that uh, chance.
1: I'm look. I, I want us to win. I th- I think it's going to be a tough game. I'm going to go for two all, and I think Wilson will score and Miggy will score. And Miggy's on fire at the moment. If if I'm proven wrong, I will be the happiest person on on the planet if we manage to win this game. I think it'll be a tough game for us.
0: I thought you were going to see a dye your hair or something there for just a second. I thought, oh, I got another one. <laughs> no, no, no. No. I think I think Craig's taught us all a valuable lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do not follow the in the steps of Slim Craigie. Uh Kiggs, score, man.
2: Uh I'll go for one one. Be yeah, on with you. Punish one to educate a thousand. So thanks, Craig, for that. <laughs>
0: Who's the scorer? You got a chance you're gonna chance your own? Uh Wilson penalty. Penalty? Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm going to go for a 3-2 Newcastle win and I think Miguel will get one and Wilson one, and Bruno won, why not Bruno's got some making up to do let oh, everybody down, not? let the whole team down <laughs> I think he'll be fired be right, up he? he's going to be fired up for this game he will but let's hope he gets sent off um, alright, so if results go our way uh, against Chelsea we could be four points from top this is a stat that uh, Craig Slim Craig gave us just before coming on. Uh, that's if all the results go our way, so everyone above us loses and we win. Uh, we go within four points of the top of the table going into the World Cup break. I mean, it's highly unlikely, but um, wouldn't that be something? Going into the World Cup, four points from the top. Jesus Christ. Fingers crossed, lads. You never know. It might just happen. All right, that that's will all. do for us today. Um, I don't know how we managed to talk so long about a pretty boring <laughs> Crystal Palace game, but by Christ, Talks we're that we never
2: that none of us
0: several, none of us watched <laughs> <laughs> we won watch. it's exciting we're through yeah. to the next round of the cup we did. yeah we, did. We, did. we have to hope that we carry on with this uh, winner mentality and take it into the next game of Chelsea because yeah. we're going to have to be our best to beat these these guys I reckon all right that'll do for us um thank you very much to Keegs and mark for joining me today uh, if you have enjoyed what you have watched or heard please give us a like on youtube and subscribe if you if you like, and on your audio channels, give us a, a nice review if you don't mind, please. That would be absolutely smashing. And the next uh, time we will we will be back will be for the review of the Chelsea game. Fingers crossed, it's a, a win for the mighty Mag's going into the World Cup. Um, stay tuned whilst the World Cup's going on because we will have one or two other things coming up on the podcast. Um, you know, there's no football to talk about except the World Cup, and uh, but we'll we'll think of something. You're to do. Cold. We'll stick something together. Cold huh? watch. Watch. Garansky. Watch. Garansky watch. Oh, of course. Garan Kwal. Yeah, of course, uh, the teenage Australian sensation that is going to be playing for Newcastle soon. All right, boys. Uh, thank you again. That'll do it for us. And I uh, hope to see everyone uh, at the next one. Cheers, lads. No worries. Cheers, boys. See you, guys.